0: And now for a podcast, twenty years in the making.
1: Shit, them boys is having the time of their lives.
0: <laughs> it will be in your head for the next hour. Radio, sports, history, just pure animals.
2: Just talking. Well, what's the
1: show about? It's about
0: nothing. With your host. Bobby Nelson,
1: A team that is known as the Bears, the Bears, the most. the the,
3: most. Th- most. the, the
4: most. Most. and
2: Mike Chick. That guy's pretty good, if, if you like 6'5", 230 pound quarterbacks, laser, rocket arm. Are you ready for
0: welcome
4: to the dog pound. and the boys are back too. welcome to the dog pound we are back for another college football preview today this time featuring the iowa hawkeyes um i'm your host as always the dog robbie nelson f- featuring of course my main man mike kit say hey, what's up mike
1: how's it going
4: and we have uh, two of our favorite Hawkeyes back on um, that we were on last year for this. First up is Bill Christensen. Welcome back, Bill.
3: Thank you very much. Glad to be back.
4: And, of course, Mr. Jeff Cleaver. Say what's up, Jeff.
3: Hello,
2: everybody. Thanks for having me back.
4: Yeah, and uh, we were back on basically a week after we just did our Cyclones preview, um, and wanted to reach out to our fellow Hawk fans, um, just like Bill and Jeff here. So you
1: said fellow Hawk fans. Are you still a Hawk fan, Rob? <laughs> no, we decided last week that you're a Hawk fan, remember? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah.
2: Hey, welcome. Okay. <laughs> we, we 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 wouldn't we wouldn't claim Rob anyway.
1: Oh, thanks
4: nobody, for inviting me. Yeah, nobody wants to claim me anyway. So, um, so Jeff, you told us before the show that you wanted to say something.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for giving me a little moment on the podcast, and I uh, I have a surprise, and um, I wanted to surprise the three of you, so I didn't tell you beforehand. Um, but uh, I want to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about the NFL. So, okay. Um, once we get done talking Hawkeyes, I'm going to ask the three of you for your uh, your Super Bowl prediction, Ooh. and I'm also going to talk about my Super Bowl prediction, and um, we'll wrap up the podcast talking about that because. We're heading into week one of the nfl season and this i want to i want to make a really bold uh prediction about the season and we'll we'll come back in january or february and see
1: who who's, who's right uh who's right okay L- lay cool. some paper down <laughs> hey legal can, yeah we, c-
4: we can do this legal and actually talk about it um yeah, yeah. sounds good jeff uh i'll give us something to think about while we're uh talking some hawk football here so uh, excuse me. All right, so I wanted to start kind of like what we did with the Cyclone Podcast with um, talking about our favorite uh, Iowa Hawkeye players for the season who we think are going to be standout players. So we always like to let the guest go first. So, Bill, why don't you start us out?
3: Um, well, we've got a game under our belt, as we know, so maybe our, my uh, opinions could be a little bit skewed because we've seen a game – but I'm gonna go first off with a guy who I actually had last year as a breakout player, and he kind of did, had a good year, but not great. And I'm gonna go with Brandon Smith again, the wide Ooh. receiver. Uh, I just think Ooh. he's. We're just uh, we're gonna see a, a big season from him. He's gotten bigger, stronger, faster, and more experienced and more confident. And I think he's gonna have a not quite Hakeem Butler type year, but a lot. Closer to that than the kind of year he had last year. All right,
4: Jeff, how about you?
3: Yeah, I like
2: uh, I like Bill's pick of Brandon Smith. Um, I watched that game on Saturday, and he looked faster than he looked last year. And um, the guy can jump. So if we can, um, if Stanley can be a little more accurate than he was last year, we we hopefully will hit him on a, a few more big plays. Um, so. I actually uh, wrote down a couple names on offense and defense. I'll go with the offense first. And uh, um, I, I appreciate doing this after week one because I think last year during the podcast, we did it in July or really early in August before uh, fall camp started. So we were just pretty much guessing. But at least now we uh, we have a pretty good idea who's going to play. And um, watching game one tells you a little bit. Um, but so far, I'm going to start in the center position. we'll appreciate this as a, a fellow offensive lineman, but I'm going to go with, uh, with Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum, the uh, freshman center, who, as of uh, uh, last December, he converted from a uh, defensive tackle to center. And I thought when Ference was so adamant about making the change from uh, a really a thin position, a D tackle and moving Linderbaum to uh, center, it was pretty much green light he was going to start. And um, nothing but positive things so far after one game and everything you've heard out of fall camp. He's, uh, um, for first year playing the line, he looks outstanding. And he, he's actually a little too outstanding. He, uh, he blocked one of the Miami of Ohio players into Alaric Jackson, the starting left tackle. And, and it sounds oh, yeah. like Jackson might be out for a month or so. Um, but I'll start with the offensive line kit. What are your thoughts there?
1: Uh, the offensive line right now, I'm great, great players because they're high school wrestlers. <laughs> if, if I had a choice on recruiting a guy who played basketball or wrestled on the offensive line, I'm going to the absolute wrestler knows how to work those hips, hip flexibility. <laughs> Um, knows <laughs> knows how to get leverage on the line. Uh, all these, all these offensive linemen for the Hawkeyes were place winners in the in the Iowa State wrestling tournament. Besides the injured one of Jackson, they're all
4: like top three wrestlers, aren't
1: they? Yeah, yeah
3: not within just the state. place winners, but like really good wrestlers. Yes, you know, top three and top three or four in the state.
4: Yep. Kit loves it. Yep,
1: he's like Kit. smiling ear to ear over Hip, hip leverage. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: hip, hip hip leverage that's that's next level analysis from offensive line <laughs> kit and uh i had note written down too that he was a wrestler and kirk likes wrestlers on his offensive line but um uh you know all five of those linemen starting against uh against rutgers this weekend they'll be like you said uh i think they're all iowa high school state place winners at uh at the wrest at um at wrestling and my my second my second breakout um, a guy I'm pretty excited to see um, keep playing this year. And I, I think he will play. I think the red shirt's going to come off of him is uh, uh, our third running back, Tyler Goodson. And oh, he man. might not get a lot of carries early on, but I think you'll see that him, he'll get more involved as the season goes on because he's really the type of player we haven't had. I mean, outside of Akron Wadley, you might be able to say, but as a as a true freshman coming in and having – um, the athletic ability that he has. is Tyler Goodson, and uh, um, he got a few carries. I think he played most of the fourth quarter against Miami, yeah. and might not have racked up any big play runs, but he he turned some negative gains into positive ones, and he showed off why why Iowa was so high on him coming out of high school. And in fact, he's out of Georgia. They got in on him early. He visited the summer before his senior year with the rest of the, a lot of the Hawkeye commitments, and. Mm-hmm. Some of the SEC schools came calling late, but he didn't waver. And I think part of that, Iowa credits to just forming that early bond with the rest of the recruits. And, uh, um, you know, he—he <laughs> he, we probably stole one out of Georgia. So
4: yeah, I mean, uh, that's I'm excited
2: a, to see him, and yeah, uh, hopefully he's a, he's a big play threat for Iowa.
4: Yeah, I think it's always important to, you know, get skill guys from – some of those southern states so it's it's important to get somebody out of Georgia like that that could potentially be a big play threat going um into the future here my guy uh is Micah Sargent I I think I was always a big fan of his out when he was in Iowa Western and I thought he would break out more last year but I think he's gonna have a really big year this year um and he looked pretty good on Saturday so i'm a uh, I'm a big fan of his. and they
2: used him in the receiving game a lot more than they have last year. that's I, one new dimension they didn't really have last year was uh at least they didn't utilize it a whole lot was Sargent in the pass game
4: yeah and I, yeah I, he, uh, he was the leading receiver right on Saturday yeah he yep.
3: he was and he came to Iowa City last year in like June yeah you know and so he barely had any time in the in the program before the season started. now he's had a whole year with Kirk with Brian Ference with the offense and with chris doyle in the weight room and the and conditioning and the eating program and all that stuff and and he's i think he's going to be really good this year he's definitely the feature back
4: yeah and i i think the the teams that when i was actually successful you got to have a feature back that you can rely on it seems like in the past that was always big um so do you guys have any players that you want to point out jeff kind of did with goodson um that you think are going to be breakout players this year?
3: Uh, Jeff kind of took my breakout guy and Tyler Linderbaum, the center. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, obvious uh, offensive line guru, puts a bunch of guys in the NFL and and really is respected for his offensive line grooming. And he took a freshman last year from the defensive line and moved him to the – arguably left tackle or center which is most important we'll let kid answer that in a second but (laughs) moved him to one of the most important positions on the offensive line he's calling out all the blocking and coverages for the line minute before every play and then has the center to quarterback you know snaps and everything else so i don't know if you could call him breakout necessarily but he's a hugely important player and a and a really good one if kirk puts him there as a redshirt freshman defensive converted player
4: for sure jeff did you have anybody else you wanted to point out
2: well uh, linderbaum and goodson were my breakouts on offense i did i did write a couple of guys down on defense that i wanted to um to note um i'll, I'll, I'll just start with chauncey golston on the defensive line and you might not think he's a breakout but Everybody always focuses on Epinesa, and rightfully so. He's their best player. Um, he'll he'll be in the NFL next year and, and be a really high draft pick. But if all goes according to plan, um, but he's going to get a lot of attention from the defenses that they uh, that Iowa plays, and you, you can't double team both the defensive ends. I and mean, if you do, the defensive backs and at Iowa are only have to cover a couple people.
4: That's
2: um, true. So I, I think Golston will have a big big year.
4: That's a good one,
2: Kit. Yeah, my, um, other, my other one, actually, oh, before... Sorry, am Sorry, uh, sorry Kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, my other one's uh, Simon Colbert. Um, he started last year at linebacker, so I'm kind of... I'm picking low-hanging fruit when it comes to breakout players, but year three is always kind of the year Kirk highlights when the light switch turns on, and you see these guys turn in from, you know, maybe more toward... from high school to, you know, they actually look like college players, and, and Colbert has a year under his belt, but... He jumped in there at a pretty crowded position and held his own and didn't give up his spot. He's a really sure tackler, smart, converted safety, so he's good in coverage. Um, and he's only a sophomore, so he's a guy that's probably going to play for um, three more years. He's going to be a three-year, four-year starter. Um, I think he'll really take the next step, and you'll hear a lot more about him this year.
4: Another good one.
3: Kit? One more – I've got one more (laughs) defensive breakout guy, and this is probably a a little more of a long-shot breakout. Um, Dylan Doyle, he is a – let me just quick look at the two deep here. He is a redshirt freshman. I didn't know if he redshirted last year or not. Uh, The strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle's son. Oh, I was uh, just going to ask that. Wears number 43, just like Josie Jewell and Pat Anger, kind of that number lineage thing that Iowa does. He uh, was an absolute wrecking ball on kickoff coverage last Saturday against uh, Miami of Ohio. And the uh, linebacker room is a little bit crowded, and he's just a freshman, so I don't know how much he'll see the field. But if not this year, in the future, he's going to be a big-time player for the Hawkeyes.
1: Gotcha. Okay, um, my breakout player I see is... Petrus, the quarterback at some point I think he's going to be in the game because Stanley's missed too many throws down the field like Jeff had mentioned you're just trying to stir up the pot
2: he's not going to be a breakout player oh
1: you don't know he's gonna he's gonna throw some good down the field balls oh man
3: what are the odds on that at William Hill kit
1: yeah, is that uh, on the app? He might be the he might be on the Heisman a thousand to one. I don't know. <laughs>
4: they would put some money down immediately. And then
1: my other breakout player is Drew Cook. Look for the senior to be a mainstay at tight end for the Hawkeyes. He's uh,
4: he's second string behind. The other kid, right? Okay. Yep. Um, Well, or he's uh,
2: he's third string. If you if you count snaps, it was probably Weeting and uh, Sean Byer that played the
4: uh,
1: played most.
2: Cook Cook didn't play a whole lot, but but he's gonna be um, that blocker. We we know how much kid loves
3: Marv Cook. (laughs)
4: Um, (laughs) I wanted to ask you guys about Nico Ragiani. Is that how you say it? Right? Regani. Regani. Yeah.
3: Yep. Nico Um, Regani.
4: He had a huge catch. Um, in the game, that catch
3: would have been a touchdown. Oh, if yeah. Stanley put it yeah. on, you know, Th- threw it. Thank it you for proving me right, Bill. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, have,
3: uh, if, you, if that if Reganey didn't have to stop and wait for that ball, yeah, he would have ran into the end zone untouched.
4: But um, I know he's a redshirt freshman. I was just I was just curious if you guys knew more about him. Um, because receiver wise, I just knew about you know Brand Smith amir smith-marset and then of course oliver martin um being eligible um kind of at the last last hour if uh nico was going to play a whole lot
2: yeah so he- here's here's a uh, here's a fun fact for you rob and good good qu- good point bringing up uh reganey the last two years nate stanley's number one target's been the slot receiver so yeah. two years ago it was matt vandenberg and yep. last year it was uh was Easley, nick easley who uh just Almost got made cut the bills. by the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. Um, but Reganey, everything I've heard, he, he catches everything. Um, you'll see, you'll see him play a lot of slot, and you'll see number three, uh, uh, Tyrone Tracy, play a lot of slot, and they both look pretty good. I was going to cycle through five receivers this year, and probably probably target the receiver position more than in the past since. Uh, not quite as much depth at tight end. Um, at least Bayer, he'll get some catches and some targets. But sure. Reganey, Cook. yeah, he's a redshirt freshman <laughs> and uh, he's got a little wiggle to him. Um, yeah. I think he's gonna have a big year.
4: Yeah, I was just curious because I, uh, as Bill pointed it out, I with that play uh, should have been a touchdown. So that's uh, that's good to talk about.
2: All right. Yeah. Kit, Kit's uh, Kit's troll game spot on tonight, isn't yeah. it? Was he was he <laughs> trolling you the Cyclone podcast?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. He he yeah. uh, purposely
1: tried to get me mad at the end. So. Isn't that my goal in life? Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, he.
4: Were you gonna finish the thought, Mike? I was, you,
1: gonna, I was gonna ask about the Iowa long snapper. Is any relation to actual Subert from Audubon? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha.
2: Yeah, you, no, You, you, know. you could contact, You could contact Subert from Audubon right now. Yeah. <laughs> probably we,
3: find out. But I, I think we could can just know. text
1: him right now. I just <laughs> thought maybe we'd get some inside information from maybe Bill living back there.
3: <laughs> no, I haven't heard anything. I saw Kim Subert tonight. Yeah. And uh, unless he's embarrassed of him, he didn't say much <laughs> about it.
1: Okay. <laughs>
4: That's funny. Uh, all right, guys. Well, um, I want to move on to the schedule. Yeah. Um, obviously they already had a game so we can just kind of talk a little bit about your thoughts on the miami of ohio game and then i kind of just want to go uh game by game here so um just kind of quickly what did you think of the miami of ohio win um this past saturday bill you can go bill
3: you start okay uh i thought it was a pretty vintage iowa season opening game the first half Not very exciting. You kind of wondered what was going to happen, if they had things put together or not. And second half, they came out and really took it to Miami of Ohio and kind of imposed their will and power on them, and it ended up being kind of what everybody thought about a 25-point win. A lot of good things and a lot of stuff to work on, so just what you probably kind of want to have in a season-opening game. Yeah, that's fair. Jeff?
2: I thought the offense looked better than I the offense looked better than past Iowa years, where it seems like the defense is there and Iowa's offense just sputters for the first month of the season. It seemed like we're a lot more creative in our our play calling and some of the the pass routes we run. Um, so hopefully, with this athleticism at receiver, it's a more more explosive offense. I know Kit doesn't seem to like Stanley and. Uh, Stanley did all right. He was pressured a few times, and he knows when to, you know, get out of the pocket and run. He ran more than I remember seeing him run in the past. But he had one deep throw that he missed on, and I think he missed a screen pass to Sergeant. But other than that, he was seventy percent completion percentage, and that's really the the knock on Stanley is he's uh, his accuracy needs to get better. And it's only one game, but yeah. um, he's got he's got the speed at receiver to catch the ball. So hopefully. Hopefully it's a good senior season for him.
1: What do you think, Kit? I, I mean, watching the game, it was literally Iowa just put pressure on them. They closed first half, like Bill said. Iowa just solely worked them, and Miami, Ohio didn't have the athletes to stick with them.
4: Yeah, and... For me, I, I was impressed that the Hawks could uh, run the ball again. I think they struggled with that last year, so it was just nice to be able to see them do that as well. And kind of how what uh, Jeff pointed out that, you know, Stanley was, for the most part, pretty efficient. So, you know, that's what you want to see from him. Just, you know, not turning the ball over, um, being efficient with it, accurate. And you're going to win games if you can do those two things. So that's, that's gotta, Hey, the run
2: game, Linderbaum.
3: Yeah, yeah Lenderbomb, and I think they averaged over five yards a carry, which is five point two. Time. I
4: just brought it up, so yeah, that's, that's, so good that's to
3: pretty see. darn good. Even Miami of Ohio, you know, they're a MAC team, so not it's not a Big Ten team or a Big Twelve team or anything like that. But five point one yards a carry or two is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, hey well. Kit,
2: Kit. Fun fact on Spencer Petras. Did you know um, <laughs> he went to high school out in California? Do you know what other NFL quarterback played at his high school? I heard this on the, I think it was the On Iowa podcast uh last week. I'm gonna guess but Aaron see if you can answer this trivia question.
1: I'm gonna guess Aaron Rodgers. Good, Good guess.
2: guess. Jared Goff from Ooh. the Rams.
3: Ooh. And Spencer Petris broke a lot of Jared Goff's high school passing records.
4: So, Kit, is Spencer Petris better than Jared Goff?
3: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
1: I heard he Is throws a better deep ball than Brett Favre.
2: <laughs> I tell you what, the Super Bowl last year, I think Petrus has a higher ceiling than Goff. I'm yeah, sorry everybody Goff's likes a little McVay, overrated. I, I agree. a boring Super Bowl, by the way. We'll get yeah. to that later in the podcast. We will
4: get, get to that later. So He's an open major. <laughs> You're looking at his major now? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so... Let's actually get into the schedule now. Um, The Hawks have their first Big Ten game, even though it still feels weird that you play Rutgers and it's a Big Ten game, on Saturday. So, Bill, why don't you start? What do you think uh, the Hawks' chances are against Rutgers on Saturday?
3: I think the chances are pretty good. Rutgers is by far and away the worst Big Ten team by all the preseason rankings, picked to finish last in the East. And uh, I think one positive or two positives about it is uh, they get to work out the kinks um, from this past Saturday to get ready for Iowa State. And Rutgers actually, from what I've heard and read, play a lot like Iowa State in that they do a lot of kind of dinking and dunking. They have some good athletes on the edges, Get a couple good running backs. And they're going to force Iowa's defensive backs who didn't have the greatest game ever Saturday to really play well or, you know, Rutgers can score some points. I think they scored 40-something this past Saturday. So the pressure is going to be on Iowa, and they're going to need to do that, you know, in the upcoming week. So it's a good little warm-up game.
4: Absolutely. Jeff?
2: I I think the Hawkeyes are going to defeat Rutgers on Saturday. They're uh, eighteen point favorites. They're eighteen and a half, somewhere in there. Um,
1: twenty I don't at William have Hill. Much
2: trouble in that game.
1: Twenty at William Hill. There you go. The
2: the, the money's coming in on the Hawkeyes. Yep.
1: <laughs> I I agree with you, Jeff. I got the Hawkeyes winning, but I don't have them covering the twenty from the William Hill book. So I got them winning by eighteen. Okay. Are you putting money on we'll the?
2: We'll, we'll hold you to that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, <laughs> um, not a very not a good very line. Given, given away money on that one if i'd bet it <laughs> um
4: <laughs> yeah Rutgers is terrible like e- even is chris e-
1: ash still their coach
4: yep chris ash is still their coach okay you know where he coached at drake drake yeah, yeah. Pl- really so drake yep he oh. he was there right before my brother uh played um Anyway, uh, yeah, records is bad. Um, the Hawks should cruise in this. I feel. I feel like that. That. Uh, what did you say the line was? Twenty.
1: Twenty. At 20 William I, Hill.
4: Yeah, I think that's pretty. Maybe eighteen out in the desert, like Jeff. Yeah, I. I feel like you know three touchdowns is pretty accurate. I think the Hawks should cruise. Is a good tune-up before the Big Hawk game on the fourteenth. So, next, speaking of the Hawk game. Is that game? So, Bill, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, uh, if we had done this podcast before <laughs> this last weekend's game, yeah, I, I think I would pick you know, I, in a close game, and I think I'd pick Iowa State winning in a close game. And after watching both games Saturday, I, I gotta go Hawkeyes here. I think that there's just more power in the trenches for iowa uh especially iowa's defensive line against iowa state's offensive line and i think that iowa state misses montgomery and butler a lot like a lot more than you think they would that one guy for iowa state caught you know 14 passes or whatever and that's great but he's not hakeem butler and they're running back by committee they're three good running backs and get you know in a couple years a couple of them are going to be really good running backs but they're not david montgomery and you don't get david montgomery's you know you don't reload those kind of guys in any program really so i'm gonna go with the hawkeyes here in ames close game good game but after watching these two games saturday i gotta go hawkeyes
2: all
4: right jeff
2: so i get well while i'm going to spend the next couple of minutes gushing over the hawkeyes i want you to look up the last uh last two games iowa and iowa state played and, and tell me how many rushing yards david montgomery had them I, I don't know i'm curious i don't think it was very much at least at least last Who's year but you? um me you know I, I was pretty high yeah if you can look that up that'd be good um and I, and while i talk about iowa here I've come into the season I'm really high. I think this is a really good Iowa team. Um, I think that most every year, but this year I really – I think I have enough um, reinforcements to to really feel c- more confident than normal. Um, we've got a lot of NFL talent. We might not be all this year, but I think some of these young players, we've got more depth on this team than, than um, any other season I can really recall. Um, and – when Iowa has a good team, they they usually beat Iowa State. Um, if you look back to it, the years, at least in my recent memory, the years Iowa State won, it was, what, 2014, 2014 2012, was the and ball. 2011. Yeah. All three bad Iowa teams. Um, and you can go all the way back to, like, 2002. Yeah, they, they beat Iowa in 2005. Not a very good Iowa team, but they beat them that year. Iowa's starting quarterback got knocked out in both of those games. So... That is true. The only two scenarios I see Iowa getting beat by Iowa State is Nate Stanley gets hurt, or Iowa has like a seven-point lead in the second half and they just decide to start playing conservatively and don't keep their foot on the gas and let Iowa State sneak it out in the last two minutes. But um, I'm pretty confident Iowa going to pull this game off. And now, kid on the Montgomery stats, do you have those available?
1: Uh, the two thousand or the. 2018 game he had 44 yards at Kinnick and okay the year before he had 113
2: so he had a pretty good outing 2 years ago yeah. they stuffed the run last year it's usually pretty hard for Iowa teams to run on Iowa so um they're probably going to need that uh, that receiver there's to to catch a lot of balls um if, if they want to have a chance cuz i don't Iowa's run defense you can't really, you don't really know yet, but historically they're going to try to stop the run. Um, I'm not too impressed with our middle linebacker yet, but, uh, the defensive, uh, front four should be pretty solid. Yep.
1: And, uh, as I mentioned in the Cyclone preview, I have the Hawkeyes, uh, pulling out a win in Jack Trice, um, just based off of, uh, Iowa state can't play Kirk's game. Kirk's game is, you know, slow tempo. Um, Control the ball, no turnovers, and Iowa State's trying to do the same thing. And Kirk's just smarter at it right now. Um, maybe into the future it could change, but right now I think Kirk still has it.
4: Yeah, and you you that is fair. You did pick pick them last week. Um, it is kind of hard because, like Bill said, we got to watch both games this past Saturday, and it's hard to change what I picked last week because I picked Iowa State to finally. Um, for Matt Campbell to finally beat Kirk. Um, I or Iowa and Texas are the only two teams that, hit, that Iowa State plays every year that Matt Campbell hasn't beat yet. And I thought this was the year that they get over the hump. It's really hard to say that now after seeing...
1: We riding the roller coaster here, Rob? No, no. I mean,
4: <laughs> I'm still going to pick Iowa State to win because I'm going to stick to my guns that I did last week. But I, I did say last week that I thought it was going to be a close game. And I still think that. Um, but I still have to stick with it I think they regroup after what was a pretty terrible outing against you and I um, we uh Iowa State did stop the run against you and I um, so I think they can do that against the Hawks as well but it's gonna come down to who can score points I feel like because I, I feel like both defenses are pretty pretty steady pretty consistent and it just is gonna come down to that you know is Nate Stanley gonna, going to Score the points, or is Brock Purdy going to you know step up? Very well, could be. So either way, it's going to be one uh, thing that yeah. one
3: thing to note about the Iowa State game, and uh, Jeff will remember this. And uh, two thousand nine, you and I came to Kinnick Stadium.
4: Is that the two field goal game?
3: Where Iowa they, had to block yeah. two field goals consecutively in the final seconds to beat UNI seventeen to sixteen. So it was a low scoring. Pounded out game a lot like the game in Ames was Saturday, and that season Iowa went on to beat Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl. So, true. just because you have a bad game against you and I to start the year does not mean you're a bad team. So that's one thing to keep in mind for you know Hawkeye fans should not get too confident about the trip to Ames.
1: Or, or Bill, you just picked up Rob's spirits maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I,
2: you guys play you and I like every other year, right?
4: Yeah, we don't play them next year. We play them the year after that.
2: And so that you and I game is always kind of like what Iowa State is to Iowa fans because we're supposed to win the game, but more often than not, it's closer than we like, and it's kind of stressful. Um, do you get that vibe from Northern Iowa? Because I think Farley was he three and three and six against Iowa State. It's it's really there's not much incentive for Iowa State in that game other than. They they probably notch a win under their belt more often than not,
1: and it's probably not hard to get Farley pumped for get his players pumped for that game when he goes. You know, Iowa State didn't offer you a scholarship, yeah. but we did. You know, go prove it wrong to them. It's not hard to say that before the game, maybe a little bit. Yeah,
4: I mean, look at their quarterback um, that played on Saturday. He was going to walk on as a receiver in Ames, but got a scholarship offer for to you and I to play quarterback, and he he balled out. So. Yeah. I
3: mean that's just he did and really if yeah. it wasn't for him playing like Seneca Wallace yeah he you know it wouldn't it would have been a way different game you and I probably wouldn't have scored you know Iowa Correct. state's yeah. got a really good defense and Iowa does not have a quarterback that's going to run around for 8 seconds yeah, to buy true. time to throw to a guy that sneaks open in the end zone that's yep. just not going to happen
4: yeah that's true all right. Well, after the Hawk game, um, I believe there's a bye week. And then on the 28th, um, it's another non-conference game against the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State um, it, it, at Kinnick. So, Bill, what do you think of the Blue Raiders?
3: Uh, I think it's a game that Iowa should win. Uh, this past weekend, Middle Tennessee State played –
4: Michigan Michigan, yeah,
3: at the big house and they lost 21 to 40 to Michigan and they I didn't watch it or anything I'm just looking at the uh box score now it looks like middle Tennessee got a touchdown late so it was probably more of a 14 to 40 loss and Michigan's putting in a new offense and everything else so they're probably not as good as they're going to be so uh, I think it should be kind of a uh Heal up some guys for Iowa before heading into Big Ten play and get a good win at Kinnick.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice, Jeff. nice analytics. You bet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule now, and I'm, I'm going to kind of speed it up a little bit um, just so you guys know. I... Uh, I'm not like Nostradamus or anything when I'm predicting these games, but I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the middle the month of October, and we've got Michigan at Michigan versus Penn State versus Purdue and at Northwestern. So that month's going to be a pretty important month for Iowa. I feel like that's their toughest block of games, and it's probably going to dictate: okay, are we playing for the Big Ten championship in November, or are we struggling just to? make a good bowl game in November. Um, Middle Tennessee state is going to be an easy win. And I think after that, we'll get Alaric Jackson back for Michigan um, 11 a.m. kick at the big house against a pretty stout Michigan team. That's going to be uh, if they drop one, that's going to be the first one. I think they could drop Michigan's That's a tough place to play. And we, we've, we've had pretty good luck against Michigan over the years. They're, they're kind of due to due to nip us here.
1: Gotcha. Um I think this is a trap game for the Hawkeyes. Um I don't have them losing, but I think it's going to be um Iowa scoring a touchdown with about 3 minutes left to go up by 9. So it's going to be <laughs> a close game, but it's going to be a trap one right before going to the big house. Oh man, kid. Still a win I have for the Hawkeyes.
4: <laughs> a win's a win, right? A win's a win. Yeah, I mean. A win's a win. We we can say that from last week. Uh <laughs> Middle Tennessee State um, of Conference USA. Um, yeah, it should be a pretty relatively easy win, I think. But kid isn't totally wrong. I mean, that Michigan game looms large on the road at the Big House. So yeah, you, you can't know, say you can't be not
3: thinking about that one. Yep.
4: Yeah, so let's just dive right into that, Bill, at the Big House. What do you think?
3: At the Big House, man. I don't know. Uh, I. I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, I think Michigan's probably going to win. It's a tough place to play. Like Jeff said, it's an early kickoff, and uh, Michigan's defense is really good. Iowa's offense is okay. They're pretty good. They're good. They're not great, but I think Michigan wins in the big house.
4: And Kit. Jeff? Or Jeff, I'm sorry.
1: Well, he, he, about, he already here kind here of said, about are
4: you going to win or lose, Jeff?
2: I don't know. Um, they, it, it could happen either way. I think they're going to lose to one of the teams in the East. I just don't know which one it is. So, yeah. um, it, you know, hopefully, hopefully they beat them both. But they have at Michigan and versus Penn State. Those are back-to-back. It's tough to beat both of those schools in, in back-to-back weeks. So, you know, they, they probably don't come out of that one. That stretch six and zero, but I, I don't know which one they're going to win or lose.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with both. Yeah, I think it's a hard fought battle, but I think Michigan might win, maybe by a field goal, 24-21.
3: Get revenge for that night game in Kinnick night a game, couple yeah. years ago, yeah. winning on a field goal. Yeah,
4: that's exactly what I was just gonna say. I I agree with Kinnick.
2: And the the week before that, they lost to Penn State.
4: That is true. That is true. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to play in the big house. And, you know, this is a year that for Michigan that, you know, Harbaugh needs to win. So I think he's going to have those guys ready for sure. So I have him losing on the road to Michigan. So as Jeff alluded to, Penn State's next. Um, They're wearing the new unis, correct, for this game?
3: (laughs) The yellow banana peel Peel. throwbacks.
4: Yep. Yep. So, uh Big game at Penn State at home. Um, there's been some legendary games against the Nittany Lions. Um, so, Bill, what do you think?
3: Uh, I think that this is – Penn State poses a threat to Iowa that's kind of the opposite of Michigan. Uh, high-powered offense and not maybe as good of a defense, which plays into the more of a favor for Iowa, who's got a good defense and a pretty good offense. And it's a night game. Well, they don't know for sure yet, but it's going to be a night yeah. game. In Kinnick, you know, throwback, alternate, whatever, uniforms. Uh, a lot of big recruits coming in that night, including Xavier Foster for the basketball team. I think Iowa pulls off a – maybe it'll be an upset, maybe it won't. But I think Iowa beats Penn State in Kinnick.
4: What do you think, Jeff?
2: So last year they played – at the, um, at uh the Penn Beaver Stadium, and if that side official gives Kirk Ferentz the timeout right before Stanley just throws the ball into uh um, <laughs> Noah Fant not paying attention and yeah. Penn State picks it off, they win that game. Um, You're it not sounds wrong. like you know that that was just a one of those mental errors that Kit alluded to with Stanley, and uh, I think Iowa plays a clean game at home. Yeah, like Bill said, electric atmosphere. I I, I think. I think that's a win. Uh, I think all their home games are wins this year. That Really, their tough games are on the road. When you look at it, the the toughest West opponents are in the West, and Michigan's on the road. Iowa State's on the road. If they play well on the road, you'll know it's uh, um, these Iowa teams, they travel well. Good Iowa teams travel well, I guess I'm trying to say. And if we play impressively on the road, it should mean good things at the end of the season. So, I think they'll take care of business at home. They'll beat Penn State.
1: Yep, I agree with you guys. Uh James Franklin realizes that Keenan Mike and uh, Ke- Keegan Michael Keel is actually a Keegan Mike and Key is actually a better coach than James Franklin. Um, <laughs> when he pretends to <laughs> be when him. He pretends to yeah. be him. Uh James Franklin nope, loses this game for the Nittany Lions and Iowa wins.
4: Yeah, it, it just feels like the Hawks have the Nittany Lions number and this is what you guys alluded to going to be electric atmosphere. We're in the banana peels, probably a night game. It just, this is the the time that the Hawks win. And I think they win relatively convincingly too. Just has that written on it to me. So next is the West opponent, uh, Purdue also at home. It's homecoming, uh, early kick bill. What do you think?
3: Uh, I'm going to go the same kind of analysis here that I did with the Iowa State game. If you asked me last week who wins this game, I would say Purdue comes into Kinnick and wins. They've, for the last four or five years, if they don't win, they they play really close against Iowa. They kind of have Iowa's number. They play a spread offense attack with a lot of good athletes. On the edges, they've got the Big Ten's arguably best receiver and Rondale Moore, super electric guy who would have gone to the NFL if he could have last year. And uh, like I said, last week I would have picked Purdue. um, After they did what they did against – I forget who they played this last week. Nevada, I think, out in Nevada. They had a big lead and, and dribbled it down their leg and lost. And I think they they lost a on a
2: long field goal to Nevada.
3: Yeah, and they shouldn't. They were, I think, a twelve point favorite at Nevada, so that it shouldn't have even come to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to change my mind and take uh, Iowa in Iowa City.
4: All right, Gene Man, what do you think?
3: Uh, we've lost the last two to Purdue, I
2: think. Right? Uh, they lost last year yeah, in a you know. controversial officiated game, and uh, they lost the. They lost basically on a same play two years ago. Purdue burned Iowa's corner on the same play, and that was their two touchdowns in the oh, second yeah, half, yeah. and they won. I think, like I said earlier, I think Iowa wins uh, wins their home games, so they'll beat Purdue. There
1: we go. Kip? Okay. I got you. This is where the Hawkeyes hit the snide for a few games. Here. <laughs> I got, I got Purdue coming in. Uh, Iowa's fresh off that victory over Penn State. Very. There you up and just have a letdown at home here. So I got Purdue with the upset over the Hawkeyes in Kinnick. All right.
4: Well, as Bill alluded to, they have that uh, kid more that's incredible. But um, as Jeff alluded to, I think the Hawks are really good at home and they're tough ones on the road. So I got them cruising the homecoming. Big W. So um, next is – the arch nemesis the northwestern <laughs> wildcats um, yeah. right before halloween on the 26th early kick at ryanfield um let me know what you guys think uh bill
3: i think that northwestern last year kind of had the same season to an extent that iowa had in 2015 yeah. they won all their close games they had a really good team really good record went to the rose bowl all that kind of stuff but if you look at it deep they weren't that good so i think they are down a little bit from last year this year they play in evanston which is usually at least half filled with hawkeye fans iowa wins in evanston
4: jeff another road game what do you
3: think I see a little mute sign by Jeff's name. <laughs> Jeff, are you in <laughs> mute? Sorry, I was
2: muted. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're going to they're blow out Northwestern was a was, uh, short, short version of that story.
1: All right. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I think they go into Evansville. It's dead there. Um, not much going on in that stadium.
4: They're uh, They're going to Indiana, Evansville.
3: Evansville is an Indiana kid.
4: Yeah. Sorry. The Purple Aces? Sorry. What's your favorite mascot? Evanston. Remember when we talked about that guy? don't even
2: know where Northwestern plays, and you're predicting them to, exactly. predicting them to beat Iowa.
1: Yep. <laughs> exactly. So they're going there. Dead stadium, dead atmosphere. Uh, not ready to play, but uh, Northwestern will squeak out a one-point win.
4: Ooh, a tight one. You remember when we talked about the Purple Aces mascot, though, and you hate him?
1: The the weirdest-looking guy ever? Yeah. I think Sorry. it's awesome. No. Anyway, uh,
4: usually this is a very tough spot for the Hawks when they w- play on the road at Northwestern. It's just Ryan Field looks like a high school field. It's this weird pl- place to play, um, but I think they win. I I think they finally get over the the hump with Northwestern. It, like this is the one I would o- usually worry about, but like Bill alluded to, it's Northwestern's not not won't won't be as lucky as they were last year because I don't think they're very good either and they uh they played Stanford um last week which Stanford's obviously a pretty good squad and they just really couldn't do anything and I I think they just are not going to have the season that they did last year so Hawks at Evanston they'll they'll win um so next one's probably the biggest west game um division wise against Wisconsin at Madison on November 9th. So it starts the November sled of games. Tough one for possibly the West Division. So, Bill, what do you think?
3: Uh, I think that this game is probably going to decide the Big Ten West. Uh, Wisconsin, their defense is probably the best in the Big Ten. They've got the best running back in the Big Ten. And uh, they're known as O-line u kind of like Iowa is known as tight end you Wisconsin should also be known as game manager you (laughs) they've always got a quarterback that is not any good but he just doesn't mess up and I think Wisconsin (laughs) plays Wisconsin football and beats Iowa in Madison
4: what do you think Jeff
2: well, I think we should. Have, Iowa should have beat Wisconsin last year, and they they didn't. And it seems like that's been the team that's kind of uh, snake bit Iowa the last few years. And and uh, so coming off a of bye week, parents teams don't always do that great off of bye weeks, but um, they came out of October okay. They'll they'll beat Wisconsin at
1: Madison. Ooh, big okay. W. Um. Yeah. Whoa. This is this is the. Uh...
2: I also think Wisconsin's as good as other people think they are. They, they didn't finish the season off that well last year. so Yeah, they played pretty um, bad last year. Re- re- really, what, what, what's going to convince me, they won impressively Friday night against a small school Florida team. But um, they, they have to prove it.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think Paul Chris must be, might be one of the worst coaches in the Big Ten. Um, he just been riding the coattails of uh, Bielema up there and, and the Biela monster, the Biela (laughs) monster. Um, but I, I got, I got Wisconsin, uh, winning this game, a very close one for the Hawkeyes, but it'll pick up here for the Hawkeyes in these next three games. You'll find out for me.
4: (laughs) We'll find (laughs) out from kid. Okay. will. all right. Uh, it's really tough to play in Madison. Um, I feel like, Oh, our dog's barking at somebody. Okay.
2: Puddles, you pro- probably can't wait to find out what Kit has to say yeah. about his next three picks.
4: Exactly. <laughs> hey, Puddles, did Kit rally you ah. up? Yeah, he's dumbed. I know. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, playing in Madison's always tough. Um, they have probably one of the best home atmospheres um, in the Big Ten. I feel like it's always a tough place to play. I think the the Hawks lose. It's going to be one of those like huge slugfest, Um Those tight games that they've had. Um, in the past where it's like 17 16 something like that um which which is too bad because i don't think wisconsin's the the best team in the west but they just play really solid football and jonathan taylor might be the best running back in the country so tough loss for the hawks all right next is kit's favorite coach pj flick and the minnesota minnesota golden gophers um it's in uh iowa city so, Bill, what do you think about the Golden Gophers and uh, the Floyd, Floyd of Rosedale?
3: Uh, well, once again, having the benefit of seeing these teams play a game, <laughs> uh, before tonight I would have said this is going to be a really good game and P.J. Fleck has Minnesota on the rise. I may have been drinking the Golden Gopher Kool-Aid just a little bit <laughs> thinking that they had a team, and then they uh, did what they did against South Dakota State last year. I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday. Um, they've been bragging about this 6'9", 400-pound offensive tackle. And <laughs> if if he's lined up against A.J. Epinesa, uh, A.J.'s going to be around him before this guy gets out of his stance. <laughs> so I'm taking the Hawkeyes convincingly here.
4: All right. And, Jeff, I know your thoughts. It's at home. But did you want to say anything on that?
2: <laughs> um. Just that i I don't understand why why there's so much p j. Fleck love around the big Ten i I don't know he's <laughs> he's kind of a snake oil salesman what is he what has he done He's got a, maybe this is his year, but um i don't I'm not too worried about Minnesota or Illinois coming up, and they're both at home yeah. um and and one 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 more thing on Iowa uh, we really haven't focused on this is probably one of the deeper Iowa teams that. Kirk's had in a while it seems like you look around the positions it's hard to find a really weak position where we're thin defensive end might be that but the two guys we got starting are two of the better dns in the big 10 and uh I I think that depth's gonna come in really um handy in the month of November
4: yeah that's a
1: good point yeah and then this is where I think Kirk whips them up in the shape and uh gets them ready to go and um Definitely leads the the month of November and has Hawkeye fans definitely excited about the rest of the season. So, they're definitely going to uh, take the Florida Rosedale uh, back home with them. And um, definitely, I'd say a big win by the Hawkeyes, winning by 24 points over the Golden Gophers. Big win? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
4: think the Hawks should cruise in this. Minnesota still isn't very good. I, I thought... Minnesota will still have, like, a good excuse me, season record-wise just because they really don't play anybody. And they almost lost to one of those teams I thought they should beat uh, last week in South Dakota State. So Hawks should cruise easy, like three touchdowns probably. So P.J. Flick going down.
1: He's literally 6'9", uh-huh. 400 uh-huh. pounds. Yeah. Bill was yeah, a, a, a big man. He's a big dude. <laughs> I thought maybe you was a little bit sarcastic, so no, I had a, to look no, it up. He's yeah. a
3: big dude, but he is – Also not fast. Yeah,
1: from Australia, huh? Yeah.
3: Interesting. I think he was a rugby player.
1: Okay. Could you imagine that dude playing rugby?
4: That's that would be go back
3: and continue that. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Um so next is uh right around Thanksgiving time, uh or right before it, um, Illinois senior day with uh former Bears coach Lovey Smith. So Bill, what do you think?
3: I think that if Rutgers isn't the worst team in the Big Ten, (laughs) Illinois is. Yeah, Uh, Iowa cruises.
4: Yeah, I'm assuming you you think the same,
3: Jeff.
2: Yeah, they won 63 to nothing last year. I just don't. (laughs) I don't. I hope we win 63 to nothing again this year.
1: (laughs) Very true. Not so fast, Jeff. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be 63 to seven. They give up seven. Sorry, (laughs) but.
2: Oh, I'm okay with that. Hawkeye's
1: big here. It it blows me away that you can't have any
4: success at Illinois. Like, you sit in between Chicago and St. Louis. Like, you should be able to get players there, right? Like, I just – I don't get it. But, yeah, the Hawks should just destroy them. So, my boy Lovey and his Santa beard are probably out after the season. So, Um. And next is the last regular season game against our beloved, not really, uh, Cornhuskers. It's in Lincoln. So big, big game. Uh, The Heroes game, I think is what it's actually called, Um, which I I think that's a stupid name. But um, Bill, what do you think of this one? Regular season finale.
3: Uh, This is another one of the old benefit of doing the review preview podcast. Uh, (laughs) having seen Nebraska play now, I'm going to pick Iowa to win. If we hadn't, I maybe would pick Nebraska. Um, fun little fact for you guys. Scott Frost, the coach of Nebraska, he has had three seasons coaching in college football as a head coach. His records are six and seven, 13 and oh, and four and eight. And now he's 1-0 against a team where if he didn't get three touchdowns from his defense and special teams, he would have lost. (laughs) So I'm going to play a little game of Sesame Street, which one of these is not like the other. And I don't think Scott (laughs) Frost is that good of a coach. Iowa wins in Lincoln.
4: What do you think, Jeff?
2: I just don't think his style of offense is going to fare very well in – the cold month of November in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'd I'd really like for this game to mean something on black Friday. Let's say both these teams are playing for the chance to go to Indianapolis and play in the big 10 championship. And I don't, yeah, after, like Bill said, after their first game, that wasn't very impressive, but hypothetically, let's just say Nebraska is better than, um, better than last year, which I think is a safe assumption, but not as good as people, people in Nebraska think, which is probably also a safe assumption. Um, <laughs> and let's hope it means something in November and let's hope it's gone like most of the last few times Iowa and Nebraska have played and Iowa just runs right over them um, because they haven't been able to stop the run very well against the Hawks. And um, usually the uh, good Iowa teams get better as the season goes on. So what better way to cap it off than, uh, than stomping Nebraska around on Black Friday? So I will go win – and the Hawks win the West. Oh. They're 11-1, and, and they play the following week in Indy a revenge match against Harbaugh in
1: Michigan.
4: Oh, there we go. Prediction.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Jeff, Bill, I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, I got money on Nebraska going under eight and a half wins. Um, nice. I. Yeah. I just don't think Scott Frost is a guy that's going to. This really eight and a half. It's eight and a half. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so huh. I'm I'm hoping they get maybe they might get the six, seven mittens at the most. I think I they got a wee schedule. Yeah. Hawkeyes are going to come in there, like Jeff said. Hawkeyes are built for a November game. Uh, the Huskers aren't. Um, I got Iowa winning by probably a couple scores, um, and. I wouldn't doubt if this game might mean something for the Hawkeyes to win the West. Um, it might be down to them and, you know, maybe Wisconsin. Maybe Wisconsin wins, you know, loses one on the other side, and the Hawkeyes could sneak into the Big Ten title game um, at 8-4 and four is what I have them for. But it might be close. I think Wisconsin might be like 9-3 and three by the end of the season and, and take that spot in the Big Ten title game. And the Hawkeyes got a second-place finish in the division.
4: That's fair, Mike. Um, yeah, I
1: think the Hawks won this one.
4: Just like you alluded to, the they're just built for this this late Thanksgiving type of game, and Nebraska's not, so they they should cruise and just punch it down their throat. I all I have them finishing nine and three, and they only have two losses in the conference. Oh, excuse me. So it depends on how Wisconsin finishes. So if Wisconsin finishes worse. I would have the Hawks going to Indy with that record, but it just kind of depends. So I'm not sure. But if they're going to Indy. I agree with Jeff. I think Harbaugh finally gets there. What do you think, Bill? What'd I you think have
2: next year, next year we should we should Facebook live stream this. And instead of Kit talking about his picks, he kind he kind of is giving a Corso vibe, but does not so fast, my friend. He
1: did, he did that last Kit week too. A, I wanted to put some a head every yeah. time he picks the <laughs> Can I can I draw it with a marker on a piece of paper? <laughs>
2: well, you could do that too, I guess, if you don't Was have it, the mascot head handy.
4: Uh, you think Kit would be able to somehow acquire these mascot heads, like purchasing them on Amazon or something? Yeah, I could,
2: or uh, I I'm just, sure he could look into it. and <laughs> then I wouldn't put it past him to buy stupid things. It so. it could
1: be like signing day. I just put the hat on of the winner. Like that might he, be a cheaper the, option. The yeah, yeah,
4: put that, their that could hat be be on. I just want you to put the Bucky the Badger head on. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun.
1: And strap it up.
2: <laughs> Who is strap the team that up. you picked? That kind of the upset against Iowa earlier in the year was it? Was it Purdue?
4: Purdue, yeah, Purdue. Oh, you'd have to put the Boilermaker dude on. Yep, <laughs> yeah. ah. the plastic head. He looks so weird. Uh. And beat the drum. So, Bill, what do you have of them finishing? I, I don't know if I... Uh,
3: I've got them finishing 10-2. and 10-2. And, two. and that's a, it's quite a variance from what I would have picked a week ago, which could be overreaction on both sides. You know, seeing yeah. some teams not play as well as they are going to and seeing Iowa play better than maybe they're going to. But yep. uh, one quick little bit of uh, analytics for Kit Ooh. and everybody else is that there is a stat that... Since the Big Ten got away from the uh, legends and leaders, I don't know if you guys remember that. One oh, of the two divisions. I do. That, which was horrible. So, bad. Uh, since it's became the East and the West, the winner of the Western Division of the Big Ten has never played more than one of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. If a team in the West plays two of those three teams as their two crossover games. They do not win the West. And both Iowa and Wisconsin play two of those three teams this year.
1: So you're looking so at either, Northwestern, yeah. Nebraska, or, or Minnesota Pivou, if that trend keeps going.
3: If that trend continues, yeah, it's it's Northwestern, Nebraska, or Minnesota.
4: Could you imagine Minnesota oh. in the title game? They'd just get absolutely <laughs> waxed. <laughs> Terrible. Interesting.
3: Yeah, so something huh. to keep an eye on.
4: Yeah. No, I mean that's a great stat. So what what are your guys' expectations for this year on like what you'd be okay with for for over on under wins? Like eight, nine, do you expect to win the division? Like what what are your thoughts on that, Bill?
3: Um division, I don't know. Wisconsin is I I think they're the front runner for the West. I think if Iowa can play in a in a New Year's Day bowl, you know, play in 2020 for their bowl game, then I think that's a pretty good season.
4: Okay. So, something like
3: the And that's but, like the baseline. You know, yeah. high end Iowa plays in Indianapolis and has a shot at the Rose Bowl or sure. you know, if they run the table possibly to playoff, but I think the baseline expectation for me this year is to play in 2020. Okay.
4: What about you, Jeff?
3: So
2: last year they went nine and four, and at the time I was like, okay, they went nine and four. But looking back on it, they left a lot on the table. Those games they lost, like I mentioned about the Penn State timeout and Sean Byer kicking the football in the Wisconsin game, and um, they, you know that season could have been better. Um, looking at the Roster this year, they've got the senior quarterback. They've got pretty stout lines on both sides of the ball, and Phil Parker's always got a good defense. And we've got and playmakers. They, so. They've
3: probably got the best wide receiving core they've had under Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, this is a really deep receiving core. And we're you've got three or four running backs that you could probably plug in and play and feel pretty confident giving them a pretty heavy workload. So if Kirk – makes another run at a Big Ten championship in Rose Bowl. Why not this year? Um, this might be his best chance. Um, you, you've got you've got talent on both sides of the ball. There's, like I said, depth. You've seen guys at the linebacker and the defensive back position transfer out that were pretty highly recruited athletes because there's so much talent at those spots. So this team, there's going to be young guys emerge, like we mentioned um, uh and there's some freshmen about a year away. You look at Justin Britt um, Petrus. and uh, yeah, Petrus is uh, Petrus is going to be the starter next year, um, oh. not not this year unless oh. Stanley gets hurt. But Stanley will do great this year, and next year he will get drafted and probably be a backup in the NFL somewhere. So um,
3: and to your point, Jeff, of if you have a good team, you got to take advantage of it. You know, make hay when the sun shines. If you know, Alaric Jackson's going to be back this year on the offensive line. And when he is and when he's starting, in all likelihood, four of those five offensive linemen will be gone next year. You know, Linderbaum will be the only returning starting offensive lineman. Nate Stanley will be gone. So you lose a ton on offense. So if you're going to make a run at a Big Ten title, you're not going to do it next year. Yeah. You know? So you just as well give it a shot this year.
4: Good point, Bill. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. you got to strike while the iron's hot. Kit, what are your expectations this de- this for This Iowa? team's
1: deep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I think they can get to the title game in Indianapolis, and I think, yeah. you know, they're going to be driven by their O-line, like Bill said. It's a typical Kirk Ferentz team that all senior leadership up front on the offensive line pretty much besides, you know, the center position. So, um you know, I I could see them going anywhere from ten and two down to you know eight and four, like I had them. Like, um, you know, unless you throw the Iowa State game in there and they get maybe another loss somewhere, maybe maybe seven and five. I don't know, but I see them more trending, you know, over over that nine win category, just based off of their O line all being seniors.
4: Yeah, I think nine wins is a sweet spot. I could easily see them winning eleven, like. Jeff uh, pointed out with his predictions. I think if you if you go eight and four, it's still an okay season. But anything less than that, I would I would be disappointed in. Like with how much experience they have, you have a really uh, veteran offensive line. You have you know a studs on the defensive line. Like their successful teams have had that in the past. So I feel like you have to have pretty good expectations going into the season.
3: I think you're right, Rob, but I think if they don't, I think it's a condemnation of Brian Ferentz. This defense is going to be stout. It's going to be better than last year's, which was one of Kirk Ferentz's top three or four defenses. So this team isn't going to give up a bunch of points, but they're going to have to score points to win. And if they can't score points with a senior quarterback in the deepest wide-receiving core Iowa's ever had under Kirk Ferentz, then... You know, a lot of people are already thinking Brian Ferentz is going to be the next coach for Iowa. Yeah. And if they can't do that, I think that needs to be seriously reconsidered.
2: So Brian Ferentz has proven that he can beat, win the big games, beat opponents like Ohio State 2017 is a good example. Um, the offense did quite well against a, one of the better defenses in college football last year, Mississippi State. But we're worth they lose the games and they get stuck in a rut when they can't move the chains and he needs to be more consistent. And that goes along with yep. Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley is more consistent. If they can run the ball, control the clock, like Kit said, Kirk Ferentz wants to play that type of game. That's going to be the key to turning an eight and four season into an 11 and one season. Um, and why not this year? It's, it's, it's an experienced group. And um, this is year three of the Brian Ferentz era, right? year, yeah, year three, three of the
3: Brian Ferentz era and year three of the Nate Stanley era.
1: Yep. Yep. That's true. All
4: right. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Mike?
1: Nope. They they summed it up very well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, Before we wrap up on the Hawkeyes here, do either of you have anything else you want to state before we're done with it?
2: No, I think we've kind of covered all the the big points. Um, breakout players, and
1: we just got to get into Jeff's uh, Super Bowl predictions.
3: Yeah, I know. I just, yeah, uh, are, we wanna... to, are we ready to ship? ship I've got to the one NFL. more, one more Hawkeye, I think. Okay, here we go. We did our favorite players and our breakout players. We did not do our least favorite players. And <laughs> mine like is Colton Rastetter, the punter. He is garbage. <laughs>
2: I don't think I did a favorite player. I think I just talked breakout players because I I had a note written down on my favorite players being all the people that Iowa puts in the NFL. And (laughs) I made a list of the people I thought would make the NFL from this team. And it's a pretty long list. So I won't go through them all. But if you guys have any questions of, um, hey – is this guy an NFL player or not? I can I you, can give you a yes or no answer. But the uh, the punter is definitely a not, and at <laughs> this new grad transfer that we got outside of Rastetter also not a not a favorite yeah. player of mine.
3: <laughs> the Australian. Oh man, yeah. that's good stuff. Uh,
4: well, I I do appreciate you guys coming on to talk about the Hawkeyes. Um, we do have a lot of listeners that are Hawkeye fans and not a Cyclone fans, so I I feel like it's fair to talk. Hawks as well before the season, even though we did start start the season. But all right. Jeff, if we want to segue into our brief NFL talk here, um who do you want to go first on their Super Bowl prediction?
2: Um, I would like uh I'd like Bill to go first. We'll keep with the trend.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh I'm gonna keep it local and say Chiefs, Bears.
4: All right. Boo. I like that. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kit?
1: Okay. Mm. So we're picking two teams to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's usually how it works. Well, it's true. <laughs> I didn't know if we were just picking the winner. Um, I, I don't know. I like I like the Texans. I think the Texans are improved right now. Um, it would be tough. For After them. all the
4: weird stuff they just did?
1: I don't know. Maybe I- – <laughs> I don't know. They gave Clowney away for a bag of Beans. Yeah, but I like Deshaun Watson. Yeah. This year. Okay. Um, I'll go Texans versus
4: Rams. So the
1: Rams go back. Don't to have
4: the Super Bowl hangover.
1: Yep. And they go, go back, back to that. Okay. But they lose to the Texans.
4: The, you have the Texans winning. Okay. Sure. Why not? Bill O'Brien, not only uh, Coach of the Year, GM of the Year. Yep. For all these weird moves. That's, that's a just,
1: bold, bold pick. <laughs> Exactly. Gotta go out and gotta go out on the line.
4: I'm going with what should have been the Super Bowl last year, and that is the Chiefs and the Saints.
2: That should also, have been the Super Bowl last year.
4: It should have been the Super Bowl last year. Yeah.
2: There it was a ball yeah. and D Ford offside yeah, I think yeah. those two plays. Yeah, you can say that about any game, but those two plays were kind of abnormal. And yeah, um, I would have rather watched the Chiefs and Saints in the Super Bowl because the uh, Rams better. Patriots one was quite boring.
1: Yeah, I think I think the Saints go down a little bit. Drew Brees can't hang in there after he's like forty three or something. He's not forty three. He's close. He's, enough he's to younger 43. than Brady. He's close enough to forty three.
3: <laughs> How about you, Jeff?
1: I was All I right, was curious as so you brought this up. I can guess one team. I think.
3: I can. I think we got the same guess, Mike. Okay, okay you guys will um, have to
2: let me know who you're thinking after I make my pick. But I'm gonna go start with the championship round and move to the Super Bowl. So I have the Baltimore Ravens defeating the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC's championship. One of Kit's favorite teams, the Ravens. He's a big Lamar Jackson <laughs> fan and likes their running attack. Um,
1: that was. I think exactly the Ravens right. are gonna sneak
2: huh. up on some people. It's
1: that was my guess. Jeff was the Ravens. Was it really? Oh, really? Yeah.
2: It was my guess. I know who you were thinking. You were thinking Buffalo. (laughs) That's it. But I do have – I'll comment on Buffalo in a second after I get to my NFC pick, which is the Seattle Seahawks over the New Orleans Saints. This is before the Clowney trade. I really like what Seattle's doing here. Um, It seems like they've got their defense back up, not quite to the – to the Super Bowl era of six years ago, but they've they've got they've got some talent there. Russell Wilson, he's a scrambling quarterback, and they 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 run the ball. So that's um, true. I like running teams in the Super Bowl this year. We're gonna we're gonna run right to Miami, right? That's where the Super Bowl's is at this year.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just ready for the Legion of Boom come back.
2: <laughs> I need to break my Seahawks cup that you gave me six years ago out and <laughs> and. Uh, and drink out of it during the Super Bowl, and but and start, uh, you start uh, calling so Crabtree a sorry sleepers. receiver. Yeah. Sleepers in the in the NFL though, since week one starts this year. I like the Titans and the Bills. I think they both win their division this year. Patriots will make the wild card, but Buffalo Buffalo knocks them off their perch.
4: You're picking Buffalo to win the AFC East.
2: I am. Yeah, wow, Tom Jeff. Brady's forty-two years old. The, I, the drop-off's going to happen. It has to happen, happen sometime.
4: Yeah, that's a all right. That's a bold move. I like it.
2: Yeah, like Buffalo's it. been doing some good things on the. Uh, yeah,
4: on I'm impressed with roster it, management. Yeah, yeah. It's uh Oh, also speaking of the AFC East, Ryan Fitzpatrick will now have started for all three of the other AFC East teams besides the Patriots when he starts for Miami oh, in I mean, week 1. Yep. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So the Bills, the Jets and now the Dolphins.
1: He's just getting passed around year, to uh, lose to the Patriots.
4: Last
2: year <laughs> Last year Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, on on the Bill Simmons podcast, he brought up a really interesting point about Fitzpatrick when he get off to a hot start with Tampa Bay because yeah. he's not quite talented enough to do that for the whole season but they should just like prep him up for one game or two games during the season to kind of be like a relief quarterback. Yep. And bring him in and you're like, "Okay, FitzPatrick, these are your games. Scout this opponent for yep. a month. He's a Harvard guy, right? So he's yep. smart. Bring him in kind of as a spot starter and try to knock off some teams mid-season when you're, you know, you're you're through that, you're in the grind and bring bring some fresh uh bring a fresh arm and a fresh yeah, mind like and off the sideline. Into the, uh, the should, yeah, the Dolphins should should Consider that approach rather than just flat out starting him, because Dolph—it's not going to go well in Miami this year. <laughs> no,
4: it, it isn't, especially when you just traded your starting left tackle. But they do have an asinine amount of first-round picks now, so I guess that's cool for him.
2: The, the future is bright for Miami, and uh, <laughs> this year's bright for the Texans, according to Kit, because the, that left tackle is going to be protecting the Super Bowl MVP, Deshaun Watson. Right?
1: <laughs> so why not,
4: Kit? This will not only be the Texans' first appearance in the Super Bowl, their first title as well. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a bold pick. I where's, like it.
1: Where's the Super Bowl at this year?
4: Miami. Oh. It's not in Houston or anything.
1: I don't know. I was just going to ask.
4: <laughs> Welcome to Miami. Yeah, that's right. Does Miami
2: uh, have a roof on their stadium? Because I remember the they, Bears and Colts played years ago, and it rained during this. It
4: rained before. during it. No, they, they changed it where it has, like, that awning around the outside for, like, Shade uh, oh. basically but it's not a, It's not a fallen roof
1: They
2: probably had to do that to get the Super Bowl back there this year.
4: oh I, I'm sure They had to make some changes because As you remember it was the Colts bears and it was very Very sloppy
2: Yeah remember that one
4: Yep sad day well, anyway, for the dog pound. <laughs> bold,
2: bold bold surprising Things happen during the NFL season so uh, My surprise is Seattle and in and, and Baltimore
4: it, it, it'll be interesting. Like, uh, I don't know. I think this year in the NFL, it's going to be very interesting. And hopefully we see the, the demise of teams like the Patriots and have some Can't new, wait. new AFC teams rise to the top. Like Buffalo, um, <laughs> like your bills.
2: So, we're talking sports betting a little bit. Seattle, sneaky good pick to win the West at 7-2 to two odds. I think the Super Bowl hangover is real for the uh, the McVay-led Rams. Um, they kind of sputtered down the stretch. And they, they did. Still surprising they beat the Saints. That one, that one well, you had to play they that game have. nine times out of ten. Saints win, I think.
4: Well, the the problem with the Rams, um, and I'm, I'm sure you realize this too, Jeff, is that when Todd Gurley banged up his knee, that whole offense actually – Went through Todd Gurley because the only thing Goff can complete is play-action passes, and when you have that threat of the run taken away, you know they're just not a good team anymore.
2: He went to the Windy City last December, and it did not look good.
4: Did not look good. Go Bears.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on the Titans, really quick?
1: The Titans, Rob's yeah. favorite team. Go Tennessee. Yep. Um, up. You're, a big, you're, a big, you're a big Mike Frable guy I don't, I don't know
4: Mike Frable actually said he would cut off his own Dick to win <laughs> the Super Bowl So
1: That's that's a big commitment <laughs> that's, a big, um, yeah, that's,
4: that's why I say wow.
1: I don't know I tried to jump on When I heard Andrew Luck was injured I was going to jump on the Texans to win the division So yeah, they wouldn't know. let you bet. You didn't nah, go didn't, quick didn't, enough. No, didn't quite quick enough.
2: <laughs> so if you're if you're gambling on week one, Kit, I like the Colts. Uh, Colts is a sneaky underdog at, at the Chargers. Um, Chargers don't have a home field advantage, don't have their best safety, and I think people are underestimating the Colts even without Andrew Luck because Jacoby Brissett, he's, yeah, he's a capable quarterback.
1: Six-and-a-half-point underdog.
2: Yeah, I think the Colts cover that one. I don't know if they win outright, but they, they'll keep it interesting. I, Weird things happen in week one of the NFL season. You, you yeah. know what?
1: I I would bet the under on that one. 44 and a half. I think it's going to be defense slugging each other with a lot of the offensive players.
4: Oh, I don't game. know.
2: It seems like these games go over early in the NFL season because because yeah, everybody's,
4: everybody's still healthy. Everybody's still healthy and defense hasn't quite figured out, you know, offensive wrinkles and all that. So yeah. All right, should we uh, wrap up here, fellas?
2: Sounds like a plan. I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed listening to us uh, yammer about the NFL here at the end of the Hawkeye mm-hmm. podcast. But um, well, hey, uh, this is a good time of year. Football season's upon us.
4: Best time of the year. And Jeff, we'll uh, we'll actually do a full on NFL one here soon.
2: Yeah, let's bring me. Let's bring us to the four of us back on in January too. To, to Revisit the college football season and revisit our our Super Bowl picks and see who really hit the nail
3: on the head. I like it. And a little mid-season college basketball update, too, maybe.
4: There we go. Right uh, when conference uh, season starts.
3: Yeah, getting underway.
4: That'd be good. Well, I uh, always appreciate you guys coming on. Um, It's it's always good to get your uh, insight on all things iowa and other sports as well so uh kit do you have a fact or anything today
1: mine right. was already taken it was about the uh iowa o-line uh oh. being all top three places in Ooh. the state
4: uh-huh. who's yeah. your favorite wide receiver that was a former state wrestler
1: uh. nfl roddy white what yeah wasn't it roddy white wasn't yeah, he state he was champion? A, he was a two-time state champion yeah. in you alabama yeah. i think <laughs>
4: uh that's funny um all right well uh we'll wrap up here and um i appreciate everybody listening in until next time on Welcome to the Dog Pound. After the
0: party is yeah. the Waffle House. Uh-huh. If you've ever been here, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh-huh. Where people don't dance, all they do is yeah. this. Uh-huh. And after the this original, you know, know what it is. Welcome, Welcome to, to it had to go down. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown. Oh, Where people don't visit, they move out here. And yeah. ain't no telling who you might see up in Linux. Square. No. I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick. Because uh-huh. that's when my city used to be real sick. People from other cities used to drive for miles just to come and the taste of this ATL I'm the MVP, most ballin' this player. Make my own moves, call me the mayor. Monday night, you know things change with time. Magic City back looking like 8 and 9. All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz. Tuesday night, the Velvet Room, same shit. Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more. Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the dope. Thursday night, was pushed but we moved the fuel. And I be up in the booth, drunk, acting the fool. Friday night, and Kaya, they still got love in the shop. Bobby popping like it's a nightclub. Saturday still off the he's it for she's it You can find me up in one tweezy. Sunday, getting me some sleep, please. I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease, Holla! And you' i from New York, man. Representing NYC York, to the. Floor.